This is a Boardwalk Audio podcast. I just drink wine. Well, hello, Dark Angels, and welcome to The Wine Situation, episode 100, Extra Goth Edition. That's right, I decided to celebrate 100. I would do another goth edition of the show because goth makes me so happy. I know that's, that's kind of ironic, right? Eh, I don't think so. There's joy in darkness. Uh, this is the wine situation where there's, you know, there's a pandemic going on. So the situation is we are not drinking with so many other people. Uh, so I'm here to be your virtual drinking buddy and uh, encourage you if, if the time is right to open up a bottle. Pour yourself a glass, listen to me teach you some things about wine, commune with me. Feel free to, if you have my number, you can text me or, you know, find me on the the Instagram at The Wine Situation or at Ellen Clifford um, and say hi, tell me what you're drinking. I'm here for you guys. I am your Gotham residence, here to be your drinking friend. (laughs) Um, I am Elle Clifford or Ellen, I tag either. I'm flexible. I think I covered that last week. I won't go on about my flexibility, but use your imagination. Um, (laughs) I am almost done with my Wine and Spirit Educational Trust Diploma. I'm a certified sommelier. I write for Delectable. I know a thing or two about wine, and I like telling you about it. Um, That is who I am. Oh, and I'm I'm playing a sommelier in an immersive theater Zoom play that also involves wine tasting. Um, so you guys should look for Gary's Divorce Party on uh, Eventbrite. And you should use my code, which is, I believe it's Evie's Winos, E-V-I, capital E-V-I-E-S-W-I-N-O-S, Evie's Winos, and you can get like $10 off. So do that. I think we're getting close to sold out the first night. It's September 12th, um, and then I think also the 13th. But, you know, go get those tickets, guys, and then, you know, hang out with me in character. <laughs> I will not be L. I will be Evie. Evie Gray, sommelier. Um, so that's that. Um, okay, so I hope you are doing okay. It's been, there's been a lot going on in the world. Um, so maybe talking about wine is frivolous, but I try and find the joy in life and the solace. Uh, shall I get on with the agenda that explains why, why this is a goth episode, besides me using a fake teenager voice, which I was extra goth when I was a teenager, but I don't wear black lipstick so much anymore. You guys, I'm like, I'm, you know, I'm always goth in my heart. I still listen to the music. I still wear mostly black, but sometimes I'm going to be in color, so you're going to have to deal with that. Okay, uh, let's let's have the agenda. It's check it out. Only three and a half minutes in, and um, already we've we've covered some territory together. I feel good about this. I'm going to get you in. I'm going to get you out. Um, we're going to have a good time. We're going to have a glass of wine, and uh, yeah. So. <laughs> 
you, oh, I will go on with the agenda, which is pretty much all the segments that we're going to have today. Because if this podcast is about one thing besides wine or me, um, it's about segments and tangents. Tangents and segments. I got them. Okay, what are these segments? So... I'm going to do a birthday recap because I celebrated a big one on Saturday <laughs> with one other person because I'm social distancing and I, I have my pandemic person. Um, but I, I had a very good time. And so I'm going to tell you about all, all the festivities or, or the cool things about it, um, which is not that many, but it'll go by fast. Uh, <laughs> then we're going to have a goth grape. Then we are going to have a wine with a gothy name made by a woman. Uh, then we're going to have an on the food side that covers some goth territory. Uh, and I don't think there's a drunk dial unless, like, between now and when this has to get published, I managed to finagle a phone call with, like, Trent Reznor, Marilyn Manson, Susie and the Banshees. I don't know, guys. It could happen. Anything can happen. <laughs> These days, anything can happen. Hmm. Okay, shall we get going with our first segment, which is birthday recap? I spent the majority of the day texting and talking on the phone to all my friends and family. You know they love you when you don't have your birthday on Facebook and you still hear from them. I love my friends and I love my family. You all are all the best. Um, then I went shopping for a birthday wine. I went to Eve Bottle Shop, which I had never been there before, but soon we're going to have Nathaniel Munoz, who uh, it's his shop on the pod. He has, okay, I just, sometimes you go into a wine store and you're just like, this wine, I, I like their wines, but they just don't get me quite. I love his list. And he's a great person too. He actually was leading the blind tasting that I was doing on Zoom last week. Um, so, and also while I was there, I'm like, well, it's my birthday. I'm feeling splurgy. And then he's like, oh, well, we have to, we have to pour you a little sip while we shop for your wine. Um, it, it is very much like you go there and, um, he's got a table shut, uh, like blocking you from actually going inside. So you just go there and you talk to him and he'll help you, help you pair a wine. And if you're his friend and it's your birthday, he might just pour you a sip. He poured me some Chenin Blanc. Oh, love Chenin. Um, I was like, oh, I might want to get a Gamay, I might want to get a Chenin Blanc, I still am tempted to go back and blow some money on the Nicolas Jolie, um, Chenin Blanc, that, that would be good. Uh, <laughs> oh, I've had Jolie before, but, um, he, he makes wine in seven year, and I, I've, never had the Collet de Serrant, which is like single uh, vineyard. He's biodynamic. Anyway, I was very tempted by that. Um, and then I was looking at Gamay's and I was like, but maybe I should do Barolo. And then I was like, maybe I should just buy whatever and open this really expensive bottle of cab I have at home. But it's hot out, guys. Not a time for cab. Um, I ended up then I was like, ooh, I want some white burgundy. So... I got the 2016 Philippe Chavis Merceau Les Narveaux. That's, that's a premier crew um, vineyard uh, Chardonnay, basically, from Burgundy. And I was looking up Les Narveaux to see what it translated to, and like the only thing I got was narwhals, which kind of feel goth, because they're like these whale creatures with a big 
like fierce looking tusk. <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyway, it was delicious. I very much loved pouring it. It, it was pouring it for for my my person, and telling them it was Chardonnay because they don't like they don't like bad Chardonnay. They liked this. Um, and also, I so for my birthday, I was just like, I just want. I would just want, you know, you to make me dinner <laughs> and I just want to sit here and drink wine and you can make me dinner. Um, I also got flowers though, but not just any flowers. These are the most, okay, A, no one besides my parents has given me flowers and I don't know how long, so I was so happy. Also, they're the gothest fucking flowers. He gave me thistles. Um, they're, the technical name for them is, um, oh, what is it? It's Eka... Echopar, wait, hold on, let me, let me look it up, guys, hold on. Oh, uh, Echinops, they're E-C-H-I-N-O-P-S, and they're, like, really, they're kind of violet on the inside, and, like, the very tips of them look just sharp. They just look like, I mean, it was the most goth fucking flowers I've ever, uh, received. I guess I've never, no, I had someone give me a fake black rose once, um, and red roses are also a little gothy, but... Anyway, I love these flowers, and I have them at night. I put them next to my lava lamp, which is purple and pink, um, and it kind of, like, glows off the violet of them. I'll try and remember to post a picture, or I might put it on my own Instagram. I don't know. Anyway, so, uh, yeah, and then I, I just had dinner. I had, like, a big, it was a big mess of bitter greens um, with, like, black beans and quinoa. It was just spicy and delicious. Uh, it was a good birthday. Oh, and some Spumoni ice cream, which I don't think I'd ever had. So, good birthday. I was not, you know, I was tempted to, like, try and get some people together safely and then just didn't want to risk it. And it was, like, one of those things where I'm like, maybe just a couple people, but I was like, if I invite this person, I'll want to invite that person. And so I'm going to try and have, like, individual time with friends. Um, anyway, that was my goth birthday with, you know, Bitter greens, goth flowers, and uh, a narwhal wine. <laughs> so goth. You guys, Chardonnay. Oh, I, oh, I also chose it because to me, Chardonnay is like the most Virgo grape. If you don't believe me, uh, you can find an article that I wrote about Virgo wine. I mean, it's harvest season. It's possible the grapes I was drinking on my birthday were picked. Well, not on my not um, I didn't get a birthday or wine, so they definitely weren't picked on my birthday, but they could have been picked on my birthday um, from an, another year. You know what I'm saying. Okay. Hoo-wee. I don't think I tangented too hard on that, so we should get another segment. Woo! We're just flying through this without the who, what, when, where, why wine to be the bone work upon which the flesh, the vegan flesh, the quinoa flesh... <laughs> this podcast hangs on without that we're just gonna fly through this guys so next up we have our goth grape negromaro this grape came to me i mean me i was reminded of it because i was listening to the wine enthusiast um podcast yes i listened to other wine podcasts and they were talking about rosato in italy and he was saying the grape typically used in puglia for them is negro maro and then he was like negro in italy is, is italian it's black amaro well some people thinks think um it was named for amaro is like the the italian word for bitter which black and bitter is sounds gothy but also they thought maybe it came from um the greek root maro 
which means black. So they're like, this is the black, black grape. And indeed, it is, um, it is deep in color. Probably deep in its soul too, much like a Scots. Huh. So another thing that makes it goth is that it is, like I said, common in Puglia, which is the heel of Italy, and nothing is more goth than a pair of boots. Well, actually, black lipstick is more goth than a pair of boots, but a pair of boots, the spiky heel, yeah, that is where this grape hangs out, like a proper goth. Hmm. Um, it's vigorous. You know us vigorous goths. And it is mid to late ripening, which, you know, I was a pretty late ripener, so I really feel this grape. Uh, it is, like I said, a deeply tinted color, um, and will make a deeper rosato as well, if you want to drink some rosé. And according to Jancis Robinson, I, I haven't tasted an Negro Amaro in so long, it tends to taste sweet and velvety. Velvet is very goth. I just right now had the urge to pull out my cape and swallow myself in it, but I'm not going to do that. Um, uh, from Wine Grapes, I also, the book, I also found that it is best from the bush vines planted by the sea to be cooled at night. And yes, us Goths do our best work at night. To wit, it is 11.02 right now, <laughs> and I'm recording this podcast, which is it's, it's a great podcast already. Do you feel it? I feel it. So there, that was that was very concise little goth grape for you. It's time to get into the wine. What could I be drinking? Well, it's another Chardonnay, which I maintain is fucking goth, even if it's not from Narwhal, <laughs> vineyards with narwhals swimming through them somehow. This is from Poe, P-O-E-E. Uh, I assume there's like a, 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 what looks like the wing of a bird kind of um, at the top of the, the label, which makes me wonder if it's, she's thinking of the raven. Uh, there's, it's a woman winemaker. This is the 2016 Poe Mendocino Ridge Chardonnay um, Manchester Ridge Vineyards. I'm not sure if that means it's from both vineyards. Um, I don't know for sure that she named it for Edgar Allan Poe, and probably I could, or should, write and find out for you. But let me just uh, pull up my papers here and uh, give you a little rundown of Poe Winery, what they have to say about themselves. Oh, and before I forget, um, when you, the landing page for their website, it looks like, it looks like these bushes at night and there's just uh, in like, it looks like a white neon sign that just says Poe. It's super goth. Okay. About us, Poe Wines. Samantha Sheehan founded Poe in 2009 after being inspired by the wine she tasted in Burgundy and Champagne. The goal is not to replicate Burgundy, but rather create alluring, vineyard-specific, age-worthy wines revealing the beautiful terroir of California. There is minimal intervention, ju judicious use of sulfur, and never any, any additives. Any additives. Um, Poe produces traditional champagne methods, sparkling wines, rosé, chardonnay, pinot noir. Guys, I've had their pinot before. It's fabulous. And de nouveau from P pinot noir. Oh, that's cool. Each wine is made in very limited quantities and sold directly from the winery and to high-end restaurants around the country. Um, and apparently also wine.com. That's where I ordered mine. Um, cool. So that is that. Let's see. Oh, I have about Manchester Ridge. 
Manchester Ridge sits at a 2,000 foot elevation above Anderson Valley. The vineyard is 400 feet above the fog line. We, picks this, we picked this vineyard early, uh, nearly a month later than the Pinot Noir vineyards lying in the same late valley below. Because of the long hang time, the vineyard develops complex flavors and nuances. The cool, steady temperatures allows the grapes to maintain acidity, while the forest of surrounding pine trees seem to impart earthy aromas. Well, we'll see about that. I will do my tasting where we play the game that's not really a game. Um, uh, what's in the glass? Uh, but, and then I'll read their tasting notes and see if mine correspond. Oh, look at this one. Swine. Well, before I get any uh, more ahead of myself, I'm going to uh, cheers you and taste this wine. Mm. Oh, no. Yeah, I'm here for that. I'm 100% here for that. Mm. Mm. Yeah, that, that is good. That is delicious Chardonnay. Um, it might still be a little cold. I think it could come up to temperature even a little bit more. Um, but God, that's that's really good. <laughs> goody, goody, goody. Um, do we want to play What's in the Glass? I do. This is a deep golden, uh, medium plus golden. No, it's kind of deep golden. It's really a golden Chardonnay. I'm examining, I chose to drink it out of my Zweisel, um burgundy glasses, which have like a little bit of a flared loop, uh, lip and a... a a wide base. Um, they're my second or possibly third. I don't know. The glass old glass is really, I'm, I'm taken with it. Um, but anyway, I'm drinking this out of Zweisel, by the way. Um, let's see. Do I see tears? Medium, medium tears um, on the nose. Medium plus intensity. Oh, lemon blossom. I've never smelled a lemon blossom, guys, but that's just what I said. A hint of vanilla, um, apple. Oh, it's got that like hint of a reductive quality, like that. They call it the gun, gun, gunflint. Uh, the uh, it, um, I always describe it as slightly, like slightly. Oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Jeez. Um, there's like a, a gassiness to it, not like body. Anyway, um, it smells very fresh and at the same time very ripe. Um, you can picture like the, there's a, this was near like a mountain, like I'm picturing a hiking trail. Um, but at the same time, I'm picturing dinner at a gourmet restaurant. This wine seems to toe the line of both. Oh, that smells so good. Okay, let's put it on the palate. Mm. Ooh. Medium acid. Um, medium plus body. I'm going to say medium alcohol. Where do I want to put this? I'm going to call this 135. Mm. It's 13. Okay. Well, I'll take it. Um, you get more of the, like, oh, you get still, like, a hint of vanilla. You get, um, you get lemon curd, I would say. Mm. 
yeah the vanilla a bit just a touch of cream just a touch of cream i think this underwent mellow malolactic conversion i think at um maybe saw a tiny bit of oak but like not a ton of oak um because it's not overwhelmingly oaky <laughs> go figure it uh what else do i taste like there's a hint of florality to it florality the fruit condition is well like i said lemon curd it's almost or like candied um yeah super on the like lemon apple spectrum i would say it's just quite frankly really freaking delicious <laughs> oh my god what else can i say how's the finish Ooh. long and lingering i really kind of coach your tongue um oh should i like i've forgotten i was gonna look at things like mid palette and back palette let's do that Up front, you on the tip of my tongue, I just feel the acid and the lemon. Then I get the apples mid palate, and oh, the back palate is where I'm getting like the vanilla and the flowers. What fun! This wine is well done again, Poe. I've really enjoyed their um the <clears throat> sorry, I don't know what's going on with me. Their Pinot Noir in the past, and I think maybe I've had the rosé. Okay. Let's see. Oh, preserved. I'm looking at the winemaker notes. Preserved lemon, orange blossoms, white grapefruit, oh, and struck flint. There we go. With a saline-like minerality due to strong Pacific air influence. On the palate, honeyed texture and mineral-driven zest, coupled with the beautifully integrated oak. Yes, so well integrated. Into mouth-watering persistence. Youthful and elegant, imploring seafood to match its salty, lemony backbone. Okay. I knew this wine was lemony as fuck. <laughs> that sounds weird. Um, God, you guys. Okay, you have to, like, seek out Poe. I think you can buy them from, like, their website. It's just, like, Poe Wines. Uh, support another woman winemaker, because she's making damn fun wine. And let the Chardonnay be your friend. Guys, don't hate Chardonnay. Hate bad Chardonnay. But Chardonnay like this, it is our friend. Oh my god. Oh. Mm. Yes! This is what I want in California Chardonnay. Ah. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. You don't want to hear me just waxing poetic about wine forever. Or do you? Maybe it's like an ASMR thing for you guys listening to me drink. Don't tell me if it is. Just, yeah. Enjoy it. <laughs> um, hmm. Sorry. I, my mind is really all over the place these days, guys. So now it's time for an episode, a, a segment. It's time for another segment. Probably there will be more tangents because it's once again goth. Um, so I love watching baking shows on Netflix normally. Um, and one of my favorites is Sugar Rush, which recently, oh, probably not recently. It's probably been a month or so at least. Um, sh uh, this time uh, it's Sugar Rush Extra Sweet. Um, there's a few judges and they usually have like some sort of mid-level celebrity. I hadn't heard of the one on this. Uh, 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 
Adriano? Adrian? Why can't I remember it suddenly? Zumbo? Anyway, this Australian pastry chef who has his own cooking show who I just, I kind of adore him. He's like, looks imposing. He's got the shaved head and his dark, dark eyebrows. And, um, but he's, I, I don't know. I love his show and I love that he's one of the judges on this show. <laughs> anyway, the, the like format of each show is there's usually a theme. There are three rounds. There's four teams originally and like each round one gets eliminated. Um, and the winner gets $10,000, something like that. Um, I'm saying um a lot. I don't know. I'm so goth. I should be confident. I should not be umming or awing. I should say my truth without hesitation. I'm going to try and do that. Okay. But why, L? Why, Cliffy? That's the name I call myself sometimes when I'm trying to button, like pump, pump myself up. Um, why, L? Is this uh, gothy? Because in the latest edition, there's an episode, uh, an episode called Blackout. That's the theme. They're making all these like uh, desserts using uh, foods that are black or dyeing them black. And I just kind of wanted to talk through them with you a little bit. I'll try. I will not tell you who won. I will tell you. No, I won't tell you who uh, won. You should watch it so they get more numbers so they know they need to keep making it because it's so fucking good. It's a really good, like, like it goes fast. Um, you can tell there's sometimes different levels of, like, bakers in it, but, like, you enjoy the people, you enjoy the hosts, the food is always really interesting. It's probably, after a Great British Bake Off, my favorite one. Maybe. So, especially because I've been trying to plot, like, um, with the, uh, I gotta stop that. I've been trying to plot goth cheese plates. I was like, ooh, let's see what we got in goth desserts. Speaking of, okay, can I have a tangent here? I have, like, a whole list of goth foods that I enjoy, partly because they're goth and partly because they're delicious, like black, li uh, black licorice jelly beans. Delicious. Things with uh, black sesame seeds are delicious. Uh, what else? Things made with, uh, 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 what's it called? Charcoal, activated charcoal, hit or miss, and also don't take them near when you're taking vitamins or medicines because they will go straight out of your body. Although I've heard, yeah, uh, anyway, I don't, I like activated charcoal for some things, but um, anyway, uh, I'm trying to think of the other like goth foods in my life. There's also like, Red foods are also very gothy to me. Okay, so the thing with me watching this is I kept forgetting they didn't say make goth desserts. They're just like desserts using foods that are black and they look black. But um, anyway, so round one was, I think every episode round one is cupcakes, round two is confection, and then round three is cake. Anyway, the first round for this, they had to make black tie cupcakes, which... As I recall, I don't think they actually specified what that is. When I think of a black tie cupcake, I think of a chocolate cupcake that has some sort of like cream cheese filling on it, in it. Uh, yeah, that's what I picture. And maybe chocolate chips in there somewhere. But, so, uh, okay. Well, let, let me run through these with you. Um, the one that sounded, that sounded the most gothy to me was from uh, Hyun and Zarek. Uh, they made red velvet into black velvet, 
with a uh, classic frosting. Wait, classic? Is that what I wrote? I think I just said classic. I don't know what that means. Uh, I watched this a couple days ago. I'm so sorry. White chocolate spears and gold leaf, which I guess that's sort of the black tie thing. Is they were like, let's make it fancy, put some gold leaf on it. Then another team, and this sounded like, well, that's the first one sounded like something I really would want to eat. Uh, oh wait, let me tell you the one that disappointed me. I'm like, this just doesn't seem goth enough. And the the only and the only thing that made it black tie is that the last minute they're like, let's put some gold leaf on it. it was um chocolate hazelnut cupcake with Nutella buttercream, crushed hazelnut, and uh, caramel garnish. Oh, I just realized, you guys, I have a like a vendetta with Nutella and hazelnut flavor in general. I'm sorry. Once upon a time, I loved Nutella. My friend, before it became a thing that you could actually get just at the supermarket, uh, there, oh, what was it called? There was a shop in the St. Louis Loop that you could get. You'd walk in and it just smelled so excellently of coffee bean. Oh, and next door to it, there was this shop called Malie Malo that uh, you would guess uh, from hearing it had like a lot of just random stuff, but like it smelled also a little of coffee. I would go there to buy jewelry or stuffed animals or, but it felt like really kind of hippie. I don't know, guys. Uh, wow. This is like a deep dive into the St. Louis Loop. Sorry, this is a major tangent. Anyway, originally to get Nutella, we would have to go to this gourmet, I think it was called AMPM, and it had, it was mostly had like big bins of fancy coffee, but also had like fancy imported things before they were the regular. And they would have these tiny containers of Nutella, and my friend and I would buy a chocolate bar and dip it into Nutella. And then I overdosed on Nutella in treatment. I overdosed on a lot of foods in treatment. I don't know why Nutella takes the hit, but it does. Anyway, I was turned off from that dessert for multiple reasons. The other one, the cupcake, I was turned off from... Uh, they, they just, they put so much coconut in it, like... They used coconut cream and coconut Swiss meringue. And oh, wait, remember how I told you I had the bitter green dish for my birthday? I think there was also, it was spicy and there was curry powder. And I saw there was about to be um, coconut cream or coconut milk added to it. And I was like, stop. So he separated out mine and then put it in his. And I tasted both side by side. I'm like, yep, glad I don't have the coconut. Okay, um, the other one that looked good and sounded delicious was from a team who made a chocolate cupcake with a passion fruit curd whew, and a vanilla bean Italian buttercream and then a, a, a passion fruit quote-unquote caviar um, that looked really cool. It looked super gothy. It was, I was like, I approve of the first one I mentioned, and that one is Goth Cupcakes. Like, it would be interesting if they were rating it on the theme the, the, and uh, taste, and I were just like, how goth is it, though? And does it have ingredients I hate? <laughs> so, the next round was confections, and so they obviously had to be black confections, and um, they were required to use two ingredients from the uh, sugar rush pantry of, well, you'll see, um, which I thought was a cool challenge. So one team, the things they used from the pantry, they went above and beyond. They used black cocoa, black sesame, and blackberries. They made these, I, I don't know if you call them truffles. I don't know. They looked like, 
the filling was black sesame cheesecake mousse into blackberry compote. And then like under a dark chocolate dome that was somehow black when it came out, um, a cocoa almond streusel garnished with a cocoa tuile. It looked so badass. It looked like a Darth Vader were, were going to make a confection. <laughs> Um, that's what he'd make, and I guess the blackberries somehow, when you cut it open, oh, it, yeah, it was like a helmet of black chocolate, and then you cut open and there's red inside, I guess that was from the blackberry, and they garnished it with the blackberry. It was the most badass thing, also it sounded delicious. Um, the thing I would be most curious to try looked the worst. Uh, one team chose black sesame seeds, black pepper, and activated charcoal, again with the charcoal. And they made a black sesame pizzelle cookie, which like pizzelle cookie is something, it's kind of like, it's a very thin cookie that you cook in like a waffle iron with a specific shape that's made for these cookies. Uh, they were making a pistachio frangipane, which I love pistachios, so I think it would be good in frangipane form. That's like a very pureed nut um, cream. I don't know what you would technically call it. Uh, with a black pepper garam masala buttercream and a lemon curd, and that all sounds great to me, but like theirs turned out looking green and gray, so sort of dismal, which is gothish, but not did not suit the theme, and it just looked, it did not look good. And our brains really do make decisions on how things taste based on how they look. But I mean, I applaud them using activated charcoal and black sesame. I love black sesame. So the thing I least wanted to eat that did end up looking cool, it ended up looking like sort of black truffles with a bit of a like glimmer in them, like a galaxy. And they, but they made black bean truffles, which like half of the judges liked and some of them were like, ooh, we get this gritty bean finish. <laughs> um, and it had a blackened white chocolate shell and a caramel mocha strozel. Um, drizzle, sorry, not strizzle. And I was like, uh, I love black beans, but this does not sound like, maybe I have traumatic memories, uh, again, with the traumatic uh, eating disorder person memories, when I would take like baking recipes and alter everything into them to make them as like low calorie and fat free as possible. So I definitely made a recipe that like substituted black beans for something like a like a brownie that had black beans in it and I probably substituted Splenda for the sugar and, and it probably I probably thought it tasted great at the time now I would taste it and be like nope um anyway so that was around two it was that was probably to me the most pretty round although round three and yeah like I said each time there's less and less each time because each time a team gets a so round three was to make a spooky haunted cake that would have elements that would glow in the dark under a black light. And I was like, oh my god, I forgot about black lights. I think I definitely had one as a goth teen. You guys, my goth uh, bedroom as a teenager was next level. The ceiling was painted black. I'd painted all these like dark and dismal uh, murals on the walls. I had, I had a lava lamp then. I still have a lava lamp now. I love my lava lamp. I, it, it was, I had like altars, there was incense, there was just, it, it was so goth. Anyway, I forgot about black lights and how cool they are. But let me run through what the contestants did to meet this challenge. So one team made this tiered cake that was, it was a white chocolate vanilla bean cake with strawberry filling, 
um, and cream cheese frosting and black fondant. So there were several levels. The top level had this like, I forget what they used to paint the thing that would make the things glow in the dark, but they painted on this monster face on the top of it. And then there was um, like red swirls on the next layer that were like bloody. And then there was one with like creepy looking eyes and caution tape. Uh, and then the bottom layer had bats. Uh, or that was the plan. I feel like something changed in that from their plan. But anyway, <laughs> I loved when one of the chefs of that was like, I'm ready to give the judges the heebie-jeebies. I think that one sounds delicious. I love cream cheese frosting. I like white chocolate and vanilla bean. I don't know about the strawberry filling. I don't love... I like a good strawberry, but... Strawberry, I don't know. There's something about strawberry that, well, A, if I eat too many of them, they, like, tear my mouth up. Something about the acidity and then, like, renders my mouth not good. Um, and I just don't love most fruits and desserts. Like, whenever I see raspberry in a dessert, I'm like, why? Blackberry, sometimes okay. Not strawberry. Okay, so the other team made a zombie bride that they named Fiona. <laughs> um, and the, like the, the skirt part was a cake, and the top they sculpted from Rice Krispie treats and modeling chocolate. And then they used uh, they gave her flowers that they made they made sugar flowers and bows and um, and she just like was oozing goo that glowed. Uh, their flavors were vanilla butter cake, uh, vanilla bean Italian meringue buttercream. That was way too long a name for frosting. Uh, brown butter caramel, and then salt and pepper peanuts, because they wanted, they were thinking about Halloween and Snickers. Um, but like, when I think about it, it's like, ooh, that adds some spice and some salt. I wanted to eat that cake. So anyway, um, and it looked, both of the things looked amazing. So check out Sugar Rush, check out the, if the goth in you wants to be entertained, or if just any part of you wants to be entertained. Probably all of you wants to be entertained at this point in time. Uh, <laughs> check out Sugar Rush Extra Sweet, the blackout episode. You all, thank you for, uh, for being with me for 100 episodes. Not all of them have guests. I think a couple have had two wines. Um, it's been, this is the fourth iteration of the show, but a hundred episodes in, and I'm still doing it. And you're still listening, presumably. Yeah, no, I mean, if you're hearing this, you're listening. Come on, Cliffy. Uh, I really appreciate you all listening. If you feel like leaving me a rating or whatever, go for it, but no pressure. I'll still be here for you. I still want to hear from you on the Instagram. I, yeah, I'm here for you. Can I send you forth some sort of gothy wisdom or gothy deep thought? Huh. I guess, you know, find light in the darkness. That's my thought. I will cheers you once again and then go stare into my black light. Or not my black light, my lava light and my thistles. Cheers. <laughs> I just drink wine. I don't fuck with my pH. I just drink wine. I don't fuck with men and I just drink wine. I don't fuck with coffee mates. I just drink wine. Give me.
and a BoardWalk Audio podcast. For more information and shows, visit BoardWalkAudio.com. Don't forget to rate and subscribe now.